0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Musser Masterclass. Today we're going to do a Pesach special. What do I mean by Pesach special? So we did this a while back. We learned from a Hasidic master. Reb Yitzchak Meir Morgenstern. Reb Yitzchak Meir Morgenstern is a Kabbalist and he has a book that's written of his classes where he teaches about many, many, many different topics. Among them is Pesach. So I chose a few essays to learn together so that it can really hopefully elevate our entire perspective on Pesach. Now we're not going to be going through the Pesach Haggadah. We're not going to be going through specific parts. We're going to talk about the overall concepts of what is Pesach and how powerful of a time this is to really rejuvenate and refresh us spiritually in our connection with Hashem, in our connection with ourselves, our connection with our family, and God willing, we'll be successful in achieving great, great connection with the Almighty through this holiday of Pesach. So the first thing we need to understand is that Pesach is the foundation of emuna it's the foundation of our faith and what we like to say in our class our knowledge of hashem it's not just a leap of faith like other religions have it's not just a belief yeah i i believe so but i don't know so no 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 it's knowledge of hashem and that's what we're trying to attain through the Pesach Seder, we're trying to gain a knowledge of Hashem's existence in this world and build our relationship as much as possible from it. So I'm going to read in Hebrew and then I'm going to translate piece by piece. Be Pesach on Pesach. With all of the miracles of our exodus from Egypt, hirale kol Kolo. God Showed to the eyes of the entire world, everybody witnessed, Shehu that he makes everything live, and he, and he controls everything, Vehu mashpia esakol, and God is in control of absolutely everything. There is nothing in this world, and we saw this through the entire Exodus from Egypt, there is nothing in this world that God does not have power over. God demonstrated this through all of the 10 plagues. The 10 plagues demonstrated God was in oh, had control over the water, over the winds, over the animals, over the lice, the little sand on the on the on the earth, over the heavens, over the right, the boils flew down from heaven, and even the souls of humanity by the death of the firstborn and darkness, everything God is in control of. And that's what God demonstrated through the exodus from Egypt. And then the splitting of the sea. And then the Jewish people passing on dry land. And then sustaining the Jewish people for 40 years in the desert with the manna. I mean, endless miracles that we experienced. This is what Pesach is about. is about recognizing each and every one of these pieces of not faith, not yeah, somewhere we may have evidence. No, no, no. We have knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. That's what Pesach is about. And just like then, by the Exodus of Egypt, Hashem Giles Kocho God revealed his unbelievable strength. His power, his, his uh, grasp over everything, God has control over everything, and that he is one God. And he, and only he, is in charge. Shehu mashpiai Sakol. And God has influence over everything. <speaking> in <Hebrew> this revelation that we just talked about comes back every single year. Bechagashah pesach <speaking in Hebrew> At the holiday, Ha-Pesach <speaking in Hebrew> and the holiday of Passover, this same revelation comes back every single year. Meaning, we have the ability to get back to that clarity, to that awesome experience of God taking us out of Egypt, for having that, that vision, that understanding that Hashem is in control of everything. And what we say in the Haggadah, we say, right at the beginning, when we start talking about Magid, after the, the, we do the Manishtana, and then we say, Avadim hayinu. Yes, we used to be slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. At the end of that paragraph, we say, ha-mar mitzrayim meshubach. The more someone tells about it, about the exodus from Egypt, the more enriched they will become. You will become enriched. Why? Because your relationship with Hashem will become so much stronger. Your relationship with Hashem will be so much more real. Because when you talk about, imagine that example of the Egyptians are trying to get a drink of water and they put their their cup in, or their, their pitcher into the Nile River and it comes out blood. Imagine that. And then the Jew puts his pitcher in and it comes out water. Just put that into, into a, a real life scenario in front of your eyes. Imagine you're right there on the banks of the Nile River. And this is what's happening. What a miracle. It's unbelievable. And if they, they said, you know what? The Jews have water. So let's put our straw into the Jews' water. It turn, came out blood. And then the Jew drinks out of that same cup, out of that same pitcher with his straw, and it's water. This is not just a miracle of circumstance. This is a miracle where God knows exactly who every individual is as well. He knows who the Egyptian is. He knows who the firstborn is. How does God know? Because God is the creator of heaven and earth, and there's nothing that God is limited from. He's the creator. He knows each and every one of us. He knows the the little nooks and and crannies in every single one of of our traits, Our souls, respectively, God knows what's going on in each and every one of our lives. You know what that's supposed to bring to us? A closeness with God, a love for God. Oh, wow, God is right there with me. He's there every step of the way. He knows exactly what I need. Why? How do I know that? Because He created me. Just like God knew who the Egyptians were and who the Jews were, God also knows who I am, and who my friend is, and who my neighbor is. And he knows what my needs are, and he knows what their needs are. That's just blood. Go to the next one, fardea the frogs. Why didn't the frogs go into the Jewish ovens? God knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly which Egyptians were cooking, which ones were baking, and which ones were going to sleep. And everywhere there are frogs. God is in control of everything. That revelation, that clarity, exactly the way it was in Egypt when the Jews went out. We have every single Pesach at our seder. It's not something. Well, thirty-three hundred years ago, the Jewish people experienced that. No, 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 no. Right now, I am experiencing this. And you know what? We say that at the end of these, at the end of the Magid, we say "Ubechol Dor at the end of it. And in every generation, In every generation, every person must feel as if he personally had gone out of Egypt. As the Torah says, You should tell your child, For me, for you, for each of us, God took us out of Egypt. It's not just back then, Memorial Day. We're just going to commemorate something that happened back then. No. This is us. This is our experience. Because that same revelation comes back and we can experience that same clarity that the Jews saw with their own eyes in Egypt and, by the way, that the Egyptians saw with their own eyes. We, too, can re-feel, re-experience that revelation today at our Pesach Seders. Vizehu Oro Pesach, and that is the great light of the holiday of Pesach. Shabor or which on that day of Pesach, that great light of amunah and the recognition, the clear recognition of God and his power over the world, Mizgale is revealed and is reacquired. In the hearts of the Jewish people. In our hearts, we're able to completely rejuvenate that clarity that the Jews had when they left Egypt. Every single year, again and again and again. So what are you going to say? <laughs> I did this last year. What do I need to do this again this year? I did it when I was five years old. Why do I need to do it when I, again when I'm six years old? And why when I'm seven years old? And now when I'm 45 years old, why does that need to be repeated again and again? You can ask, what's new this year? What's new this year? What is the purpose of each and every one of our holidays? Every one of our holidays is to instill and to root into our souls, emuna, knowledge of Hashem, ukimoshakasuv kol mitzvot secha emuna, as the verse tells us, all of God's mitzvahs has one purpose, emuna, instilling within us the knowledge of Hashem's existence. So Pesach and Shavuot, when the Jewish people received. And Tishabav, when the destruction of the temple, and Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and Hanukkah, and Purim, every single one of those holidays. And Tubishvat, by the way. Who makes the trees grow? Doesn't grow on their own. God, our relationship with God, is accessible through these holidays. We're able to elevate and rejuvenate and refresh that relationship with God through each of the holidays. nish And if so, the question is asked, we already acquired a moon in the previous holiday. Right? We just finished Purim. And we'll see the commentary soon. I'm going to talk about Purim and Pesach having very similar themes. They're both holidays of redemption, both holidays which we celebrate with food. Why do we need them so close to one another? We'll see that. We'll see that shortly. Like we said, we had the holiday of Purim, which is the conclusion of all the holidays. So what happens on Purim? On Purim, we get to the absolute perfection where there's no barriers, no limitations between us and God. Why? We even get drunk. Meaning, the, the we're removing our consciousness. Our subconscious is connected to God already on such a deep level. There's no mitzvah on any other holiday to be intoxicated. Now, intoxicated is not like the drunkards who are in the bars. Yeah, but even the four glasses of wine, so you can get with light alcohol, you can get it. You know, there's no mitzvah to be drunk on Pesach. But there definitely is a mitzvah to be drunk on Purim. And and what's the idea? The idea is that all the barriers are removed on Purim. Pesach, our sages tell us, and we're going to see soon, Pesach is the beginning of all the holidays because the year starts, like we said, in Nisan. Today is the sixth day of Nisan, almost the seventh, at nightfall. So what happens? Now we start, we're starting the new year. We start the year with a solid emuna, and we keep throughout the year strengthening that amuna, strengthening through each of the holidays, strengthening that amuna, our knowledge of God and his control and his power over the world, all the way through till Purim when it's all, it's all no barriers. It's just so deep in our consciousness and our subconsciousness. Pesach, we start anew. It's a new leaf, we're starting all over again. Like it, like it never happened. Pesach is the Rosh Hashanah of all the holidays. Madrega It's the beginning of a whole new level. It's the beginning of our new elevation. For example, you ever go into one of those parking lots? that you have to get up to the top floor, you're going around and around and around and around. But guess, you know what happens every time you get to that south side? You're one flight higher. And you get to the south side again, and you're one flight higher and one flight higher. That's Pesach. Pesach, although you, you feel like, I just did this, yeah, but you're one you're one level higher. You're one level higher. So although the year is a circle, it's a cycle of events that come back again and again, but each time at a higher level. You're at the beginning of a whole new level. And we start therefore to begin again. With all of the roots and all of the foundations of our Amuna. Because sometimes we can get carried away. We get busy with life. We get busy with our jobs, with our career, with with uh, you know all of the things that are going on in the world and we can lose sight that Hashem is in absolute control. I want to share with you, I was just this week, I was in New York, and it was a perfect day to fly to New York, right? It was Sunday, I had a stopover in Orlando, I go to the front desk when I check in, and I said, I just want to know, is there any delays, because I'm supposed to be a witness under the chuppah, is there any delays, maybe you can put me on a direct flight, They're like, there's no delays. If there were, I would put you on that other flight. It wouldn't cost you anything. But because it doesn't doesn't show any delays, um, I'm going to have to put you through or it's going to cost you the difference of the ticket, which was too much. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Hashem, it's in your hands. There's plenty of time for me to get there. Even if it was a half hour delay, an hour delay, still I would be there on time. I land in Orlando and I dive in there. I found the quiet corner, and I put on my talus. I put on my tefillin, and I daven. And then I'm like, okay, I have 30 minutes till boarding. I'm going to get there. I'll be there waiting. I'm sitting there. I'm typing out the notes for Thursday morning's class. And suddenly, I get a, a notification on my phone: "You have a new check-in, a new uh, boarding time. Not 1:20. To arrive there at three o'clock. No, 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 you're boarding at three o'clock." to land there at 5.30. That means I missed the chuppah. So I'm sitting there and I, and I smiled and I said, Hashem, it's okay. If you don't want me to be there, you could do anything in the world and I can try to turn over the world and nothing's going to change. If you do not want me to be there, I will not be there. So I immediately text the the Baal Simcha, the person who's making the wedding. I say to him, listen, I, I'm, I'm extremely honored that you plan to give me this honor of being the witness under the chuppah. But my flight was just delayed, you know, a good couple of hours. I don't know if I'm going to make it on time. Maybe get a backup. I'll keep you posted. So I'm sitting there, I'm doing my work, and I'm not, I'm not even thinking about it twice. It's like there's nothing to talk about. Hashem, you're in control 100%. Now, what could I do? I could have done what I did 10 years ago. I go to that desk and I say, Excuse me, let me explain something to you. (laughs) I have a wedding that I need to be at. Okay. And what's that going to do? She's going to be like, I'm sorry, sir. It's like, (laughs) you know, you could get angry and you could start throwing a tantrum and that. What's that going to help? Hashem, you're in control. Hashem, you're, you have the power over everything. And I asked the lady, I said, I did go to the desk. I said, I just, I'm just curious. What's the reason for the delay? Because the plane is right there. She says maintenance. I'm like, Hashem, you got to be funny, right? (laughs) Maintenance on a Sunday afternoon? That's the time? Hashem, you're obviously telling me, just go sit back down. And I got this, okay? I, I called my wife. I said, listen to this. You won't believe it. You won't believe it. Flight is delayed because of maintenance. On a Sunday afternoon, they're maintaining a plane. Really? It's like scheduled maintenance. Either way. So, the plane actually—we ended up leaving an hour earlier than expected from the delay. They—they they give you the latest, but it was an hour earlier. And I get to the plane. I get on the plane, and the plane has a pretty quick takeoff. And I'm—I'm I'm like not sure. I'm talking to my daughter because I have a rental car, and my daughter could pick me up from the airport. Like which one? Because my daughter is also going to the wedding. The wedding is about ten minutes, fifteen minutes from the from the uh, from the airport. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's, so I told my daughter, you know what? It's a game time call. As soon as I land, we'll make that decision. Whether you pick me up, because she's coming from New Jersey, she, it's on the way, she can either stop off or not. Okay, I said, you know what? Well, it's a game time decision. So I land, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to get into my rental car. You go straight to the wedding already. So This is how Hashem's hand works miraculously, okay? So now I still need to get changed into my suit, right? So I hope this is not being publicized, but I thank my Hertz driver. So I rented a car from Hertz, and the van comes to pick up the passengers. I'm the only one going onto the Hertz van. I get on, I'm like, he's like, okay, we're going. I said, how much time do we have between here and the rental car? He says about three minutes, I said, excellent. Do you mind that I make this into my dressing room in the back? Because I'm the only one in the in the van. He says, hey, this is New York. You do what you got to do. <laughs> so I actually changed into my suit, changed my shirt, put on my tie, my jacket, and I was all ready for the wedding by the time I got off that van. It was amazing. And my bag is all folded back up and I get into my car and I get to the wedding hall. And I'm, I'm, I'm bolting in, and I give the valet my ticket. I run in, and I didn't make it. You're expecting me to say that I made it, right? I didn't make it. I missed it by one minute. No, 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 not the chuppah. I was there for the chuppah. But they had told a different witness to take my place about one minute prior. I saw the bride right before she walked down. I saw the parents, our friends, and I gave him a big hug and a kiss. I said, I said I'm said i here to celebrate. That's it. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I gave the honor. I'm like, please, please, I'm happy to be here. And I enjoyed the entire chuppah being there, but Hashem did not want me to be the witness there. And that was the very clear message. And it's something that I believe, I wasn't upset about it one bit, I was happy that, I had the, the lessons from previous experiences and Musser classes with, together with everyone here to learn and to grow, hopefully, that Hashem is in control. And if Hashem wanted me to be there, for no reason at all, I could have been there on time. But Hashem wanted me not to. I have no idea why. Maybe it's just so that we learn this together in this class and talk about it and understand that Hashem is in control of absolutely everything. There is nothing that Hashem is not in control of. We go back to the holiday of Pesach. That's what Pesach is really supposed to instill in each and every one of us. We're supposed to recognize that everything that happens to me is exactly what Hashem wanted. He wanted me not to be the witness by that chuppah, and therefore he made it. That the Sunday maintenance delay me exactly enough time so that I miss it by a minute. You didn't want me to miss the wedding. You wanted me to miss that piece. That one piece. But you know what? We each have that every single day. Why? Well, and we can blame people. We can point fingers. We can yell. We can scream. I want to talk to the manager. I want it to do this, right? Or we can say, Hashem, I love you so much. You're in control. You're in control. I have no one to be upset at. And I'm not upset at you either. Hashem is in control. That's what Pesach is supposed to instill in each and every one of us. Hashem hu ha'elokim. God is the creator of heaven and earth. He is in charge of everything. He has power over everything. Even the one to decide that there's going to be a maintenance call on the plane. Yeah. That little thing. God puts it all together. We all have our things. And we're like, why? Why did that happen? Don't look around. Look up. Say, Hashem, I see you right there. Ain't od There's no one other than Hashem. Ain. It says, We start all over again on Pesach. Bishorshim with the roots ubi Yisodas and the foundations shalayimuna of our amuna. We're getting it all back together now. Aval ala over, But this is not just reviewing what we did last year. Ella Shana, but rather every single year, Hakol Madrega We begin anew on a whole new level. Last year's Amuna was last year's Amuna. Now it's this year's Amuna. It's a whole new level. We should be taking it up a notch. And not, I say this so many times we, when we talk about, particularly the Pesach Seder, we like to say the things that our Bubby and our Zaidi and the way we heard it there, and where we, you know, this is what I said when I was in school in the first grade and in second grade, and we like to just repeat the same things. Let's take it on a whole new level. Elevate ourselves higher. It's a whole new level of amuna. Getting it to a point where we feel that connection with God that it's so real in front of us. That we're living that connection with God. Dehainu. This means to tell us, Pesach, every single Pesach, Yehudi mikabel koch, a Jew gets new strength. L'alot emuna amuko primis You get a, a. You get the ability. You get the the infusion of energy to go and be on a higher level of Amuna and a more internal emunah. And by meriting to a higher level in this Pesach, we'll be able to use it as a resource for the entire year. My grandfather would say this all the time. Pesach has the ability to infuse emuna into our entire year. That's how powerful of a time it is. We're able to reinvigorate and reinstill that consciousness of God in our lives for an entire year. That's how powerful Pesach is. And then, and then when we get to the end of the year, next year at the end of the month of Adar after Purim, Then the level that we are able to reach on Purim is going to be on so much of a higher level because it's coming on the heels of an entire year of elevating each holiday more and more and growing up and up in the levels of our emunah. According to the level of that year, meaning we're about to begin. We're about to embark on a whole new level of emunah, a whole new level of connection with God that we've never experienced before. We're going to be there at the Pesach Seder and we're going to be drinking the same wine that we love every year or don't love. And the matzah, and we're going to be commenting, oh, this matzah is uh, a little bit better than last year or not as good as last year. And we'll have comments here and there on everything. But that's not what Pesach is about. Pesach is about making our emunah alive. We'll see soon. We're going to talk about matzah. How matzah instills within in our bones. Because we actually eat the matzah. What are we doing? I mean, think about it. Who eats matzah for seven days? Eight days for us in the diaspora. Eight days we're eating crackers. What's wrong with these Jewish people? Because what we're saying is is that we're putting this our into our bodies. It's not just a concept. It's not just something which, yeah, in my mind, I understand that there's a God. In my mind, I understand. No, 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 no. We got to put it into our flesh. We got to instill it physically into ourselves. And that we do with the matzah. And now, at the time of Pesach, when everything becomes clear to the observer of Pesach that everything is from Hashem, we realize and we recognize with a clarity everything is from Hashem. And we realize how Hashem is in control of everything. We have it with a greater clarity now. We talk it through. We realize, wow, this is, I missed this last year, but now I'm realizing unbelievable miracles. Wow, Hashem is there every single day. That Hashem is only a giver and He's constantly doing for us. Then we'll realize how much Hashem loves us. Hashem is constantly doing for us. He's constantly giving us. Nishmoisi out the soul of the Jew, Banov, Ahuvav, the loving children of God. Hashem is giving and giving and giving constantly to us. Nonstop. That will realize through the Seder. Umisbar Eloi, and it'll become clear to him, to each individual. Observing Pesach this way. So that everything that the Almighty has done, is like the love of a father to his sons. Hashem says to us in Malachi, which is going to be the Haftorah, we're going to read this Shabbos, which is my Bar Mitzvah parsha and my Bar Mitzvah Haftorah, Shabbos HaGadol, Ahafti Eschem Omar Hashem. I love you, Hashem says. I love you. It's not just a relationship of judgment. No, 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 no. That was, by the way, the world was supposed to be created. The Talmud talks about, we talked about this in our Parsha Sachodesh uh, special in the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. We talked about, we had a short and sweet segment on Parsha Sachodesh. We talked about how God, the Gemara says that God is initially desire to create the world in Tishrei. But the problem is, what is the sign of Tishrei? What is the zodiac, the mazel of that month? It's judgment. It scales. The world can't survive on that. So where did God create the world instead? In Nisan. In miracles. In mercy. In kindness. God loves us. He wants us to have good. Just like a father wants what's best for their child, Hashem wants what's best for us. And Hashem is always performing things out of love for us. And this love is not dependent on anything. This love is not dependent, oh, you did me a favor, I'll do you a favor. That's not a love. Something I repeat many times here. We should never do acts of kindness because someone did you kindness. I won't have a play date with your, ch- my child with your child because you hosted my child last week. So I owe you one. No, 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 no. I'll do carpool for you 20 times, a hundred times, and you don't owe me one. Nothing. It's not a love that's dependent one another. It's not a giving that's dependent. It's a kindness that's pure. And and 100% there is an act of kindness. It's not We're not building up an account. It's like some people say, uh, I can call him, he owes me a favor. What do you mean he owes you a favor? You did an act of kindness and you're charging for it, so to speak? You owe me something? Hashem is a relationship that's not dependent on anything. Hashem doesn't say, oh, well, well, by the way, by the way, you owe me 50 years of oxygen for free, so now what are you going to do for me? No, no, no. The relationship with Hashem is not dependent on anything. Hashem just gives and gives and gives and gives and doesn't want anything in return except a relationship. Just talk to me. Let's connect. Let's communicate. I want to just... I don't exactly know all the details of what's been going on in Israel. I've been, I've been busy preparing for Pesach, learning and traveling. I didn't have time to really see Israeli news, but I want to share with you something. There were 5,000 demonstrators, secular demonstrators from Northern Tel Aviv who came to the very ultra Orthodox community of Bnei Brak. And to, to make provocations and to provoke them, they came, a lot of them came scantily clad. Some people came, you know, with all of the negativity that they have towards religious people. An absolute shock with what welcomed them. They had big banners on the streets. Our brethren from Tel Aviv, please join us. They had Jewish music playing. They had kosher food for them. They had cholent and they had kugel. They welcomed these secular demonstrators with the greatest love. And you can see videos on it online. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because that's what we're about. We're not about hating one another. We're about loving one another. There's a video of a demonstrator who came to Bnei Brak with his motorcycle, with a helmet, with an Israeli flag tied around him like a cape, and he came to demonstrate. And he hears people and music playing Shalom Aleichem, and he starts singing along with them, and he starts crying, sobbing. That's what we're all about. We're about loving one another. We're about recognizing that we're children of one father. God wants us close to him. He wants us close to one another. The Mishnah tells us in Ethics of Our Fathers, If people love you, you get along with the people around you, Hashem loves you. That's what he wants you to do. Become lovers to one another. Become friends with one another. Then, when you're friends with one another, Hashem says, you're in my group. Come, come. We're all friends with one another. That's what Hashem wants. He wants closeness. Closeness between man to man and closeness between man and God. Hashem is a lover of his people, of his humanity, without any preconditions. It's in the core of who we are that God loves us. Having nothing to do with our actions. You ever wonder, Isaac, our patriarch, had two sons, Jacob and Asaph. And he loved Asaph. What did he love in Asaph? This rotten hunter, murderer, What did he love about him? What's there to love about this guy? He loved his core. His core was goodness. But his external made him do negative things. His father, the father, Isaac, saw only goodness in his son. He saw the potential of what he's capable of if the outside followed the inside. Hashem knows our inside. doesn't care about the outside. Inside. Rahmana Libabai, God wants our heart. God wants our soul. The inside of you is what? Is it pure? Yes. Nishamashinasatabi tahoroi. The soul that you've placed within me is pure. Atavirasa, Atayyatsarta. God, you created it. You put it within me. It's pure. It's holy. God says, I love your essence. And just as it was at the exodus from Egypt. The Jewish people were not worthy of the exodus because of their actions. So why did God take us out? We weren't worthy. Our actions were not up to par. We were at the 49th level of impurity. We had given up on everything already. We were one level of impurity left. And that's it. God could never save us from that. So what did God find in us? God loved us. habris you know that one thing that saved us? God says, I made a treaty with your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I made a treaty. That's the love I have for you. God pulls us out of Egypt. And the merit of that treaty. <speaking in Hebrew> that love that Hashem has for his people is forever. Ella, Shabemesha, Hashanah, but throughout the year. And even more so, during the days of Tishrei, the days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, then that love gets a little bit covered over. With what? Because God is the king and he's the judge. So we don't feel that love so much. We feel like it's a judgment call now. Now it's a judgment but now, at the Pesach time, God reveals his love for us without measure, with no boundaries. Because in the beginning of the year, at Pesach time, we're like a little, little, little baby. We're like Without, we give to the baby without any recognition of its actions. You say, well, did you help out in the house today? Did you do your chores? So I'll feed you. Does any, any, any mother, any father do that to their baby? No way. You give the baby, poor little baby. I'm going to give you to eat. I'm going to give you to drink. Notwithstanding that you didn't do anything today for me. Well, guess what? What can we do for God? We talked about this when we talked about prayer the past three weeks. God doesn't need our prayers. There's nothing that we can do for God except build our relationship with God, bring God into our lives. God doesn't say, oh, You did something good for me, I'll give you oxygen. You didn't do anything good for me, I'm not going to give you oxygen. That's not the way it works. God doesn't look at our actions. He looks at our core. But Pesach is a time that we can bring it out. All we need to do is to want to accept God into our lives. All we need to do, bring God in. Allow God in. And therefore, Achshav now, this time of the year, ben Nisan, in this month of Nisan, Rosh Chodoshim viro Shamoados, the beginning of all the months, and the beginning of all the holidays, huazman, that is the time, Pesach is the time, le call for every Jew, le le to get into the knowledge and living experience of godliness, vilakasher imo izborach kesher shalava, to build that relationship, a relationship of love, a relationship of love. Ki kees bepesach because now at Pesach time, you can go into the track of emuna the right way. We go in like royalty. a life of emuna. A life which has a connection, a closeness with God, where it's just us and God, and a relationship of love with God. And whoever maximized this incredible, incredible time of Pesach and utilized it to internalize this amuna and to really live it, the Yikneosan, he acquires this Amunah, Yuchal, like my grandfather says, it will support you and it will it will nourish you throughout the entire year. And you will benefit and you will enjoy that emuna and that closeness. And you will love God and be close to God from it the entire year la mod mu freem lastiro and you'll be able to stand up to all of the forces that want to move you away from your focus in god see we have two forces in this world we have the force of the creator and we have the force of the creation God is the Creator, we're the creation. God is everything. Hu akol, God is able to do anything. God does everything that exists in this world. What's the other part? Us, the creations. She Shemis kochos. God gave us strengths. lasos kan olam. God says, "Here, I'm giving you strengths. I'm giving you abilities. I'm giving you talents. I'm giving you skills." I'm giving you opportunities. I'm giving you a life. Go do something with it. Go maximize the strengths that I've given you and go go accomplish things. And what is our avodah? What is our work in this world? What is our job? Is that through every experience, we connect creation to creator. So when we're stuck in the airport, what happens? We say, hey, creation, take it easy. This is a creator. Oh, but this is not good. I was supposed to be at a wedding. Guess what? Creation. Use this opportunity to, to connect with your creator. Every experience we have in life is an opportunity to connect creation with creator. What does that mean? A person needs to do every action. With a clear recognition. I'm only a messenger. I'm here to accomplish something. God is the one who's toying around with all the strings. It's like one of the great songs by my favorite songwriter and composer, A.B. Rottenberg. An incredible, you can find this on Spotify. It's the song is Little Kite. Little Kite. Where someone goes out to the park and he takes out his kite. And he's trying to get the kite to go. So he finally gets it up to go and it's all the way, all the way up in the sky. And he's having this conversation with the the kite. He says, Tell me, do you see the oceans? Do you see the mountains? Like what do you see? And most of all, do you see is there a God in heaven? You see a God in heaven. You're all the way up in the heavens. So he's having this conversation with his kite. And then some stranger walks over to him and he says, what are you doing? He says, what do you mean? There's a kite up there. He says, I don't see any kite over there. There's nothing there. What are you talking about? He says, what are you talking about? I feel him pulling my strings. And then he realizes, Hashem, I don't see you, but I feel you pulling my string. I know that you're there. Just like that person holding the kite knows that there's a kite up there because he feels it pulling the string. So too, we don't see Hashem, but we know that He's there because we feel Him pulling the strings. Every single thing that happens in our lives, Hashem is giving us an opportunity to bring God into this world. How? By by connecting creation with Creator. Everything that happens, you lose your job. Connect creator with creation. That's the goal. Aval, what's the problem here with all of this? Hayetahara, we have an evil inclination. Maisha Khayy son who he pulls us all the time, to all the different sides. He says, well, you know, <laughs> and he shows us, like, well, you see that guy, that guy is very successful. And he has no God in his life. So what are you wasting your time with God? And he's constantly trying to persuade us to divert our attention, to divert our focus from our connection with Hashem. Or he tries to fraudulently seduce us into thinking that we are the power and we are the strength. Look at it. I made this money. This is my success. This is my wisdom. This is my initiative. No one could take it from me. This is mine. And the Yetzirah gives us this to feed our ego and our interest that we're, look, look at me. There's no one else. No one gave me this success. I gave myself this success. That's the Yetzirah talking. It's like the mankind has their own powers out of God's world. And this leads a person, the Yetzirah leads a person to arrogance, and to many, many other problems. That's the Yetzirah. That's what the Yetzirah does. The Yetzirah seduces us into believing in ourselves too much. We're, now, we think it's all me. It's all me. I'm the one who brings about all success. It's all me. Or, he seduces us into thinking. You have no power anyway. You can't do anything. You can't do nothing. You have no abilities. And then a person just gives up. It's like, ah, I'm I'm a nobody. I can't do anything. I'm just... You know, it's futile for me to even try. And a person gives up and he gets into depression. You have the two opposites. The M is who he and what's the real truth? She Hazman the entire time. We have to combine those two components. What are the two components? Creation and creator. God is the creator of heaven and earth. We are his creation. He puts us into this world for what purpose? To connect with the Creator. Through every circumstance that comes our way, Hashem wants that relationship with us. Dehainu shebekol ma Everything that happens to me. To me. I need I have to remember. Reishis es habayi The first thing. Hashem, I see. I know you're here. I know you're right here. And I know, I don't have a an inkling. I have knowledge. Hashem, you are the one who intervened here. And you made that maintenance call for that plane. I know that's you, Hashem. It's your hand. But God is hiding behind, oh, Scheduled maintenance, sorry. <laughs> right? Hashem hides behind that, so to speak. And after that, and we need to understand what does Hashem want me to do? What should I do now? To be Hashem's messenger and bring God into this experience. Bring God into this experience. This world that we're living in is going to have many, many distractions. Don't separate God because of those distractions. On the contrary, bring God in. Bring God in. The first thing we need to do is to say, stop and say, Hashem, I know you're right here with me. Hashem, I know that you're with me right here. And this is you orchestrating everything. Everything. And out of such an outlook, what will happen? A person will go confidently. So he'll do what he needs to do. Without any arrogance. But he'll go with a knowledge that Hashem is the one who does everything. You know who's truly orchestrating everything? Hashem. It's not your smarts. It's not your talents. It's not your skills. At the end of the day, you know why you get that job. You know why you get that raise. You know why you get that promotion. You know why you get that deal. Because Hashem says, I want you to have this. How many times, I ask people this all the time, you know, nobody does a stupid business deal, right? Nobody intentionally says, you know, I want to do a bad investment. Everyone looks at an investment and says, one second, does this make sense? Does this this, right? Does this that? Do the numbers add up? And do they cross, cross my T's and dot my I's and make sure that everything, and I have my, my, I have my finance guy look it over, and make sure he really knows contracts, and he really knows. And how many times do people lose their money? What do you mean? They looked at everything. They considered all of the repercussions. They considered everything. And they had no foresight to see that this could possibly happen. And then you have times where people don't give too much interest in it. They don't give them they say, you know what? I'm going to give the investment. And it's an unbelievable success. We see this all the time, right? All the time. Why? Who's in charge? You think you're in charge? You dotted your I's and you crossed your T's. You think that's what's going to, that's going to be a good deal. Hashem is the one who gives us our success. Hashem, and to recognize that every single day, if Hashem wants me to have it, I will have it. Hashem doesn't want me to have it, I won't have it. This is something we need to instill already in Pesach time. That Everything is from Hashem. And the more we talk about what happened at that exodus with all of the plagues, with all of the miracles, with all of the unforeseen circumstances that just happened to be perfect for the Jewish people. The more we talk about it and we bring it to life, the more we're instilling in ourselves the roots for a year filled with an explosion of amunah. That anything that happens to us, we know, we're sure, we're certain. Hashem lilo have nothing to feel to to fear. I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to be anxious about. You know why? Because I know that Hashem is right there with me, and Hashem is going to take care of my every single need. And Hashem was there, and He will be there, and He is there right now. Vizeh hoya hamahalech. It's yes, Mitzrayim. And this is what happened at Exodus from Egypt. The first thing Hashem showed was the strength of his, his hand. His oneness and his control over everything. that there's no strength and no ability, the narcomancers and the and the miracle workers and the necromancers and the miracle workers, and all of the magicians, they couldn't, they couldn't even come close to what God was able to do. Nothing. All of the fortune tellers and all of those who were able to tell the future and see the visions, nothing compared to what God is able to do. Not even close. What did the Jewish people need to do for that revelation, for that freedom? What did the Jewish people do to acquire their own freedom? Oh, they masterminded the exodus. Nothing. They did absolutely nothing. Are you in Egypt? Are you facing a challenge? Guess what? Do exactly what the Jewish people did. Nothing. They didn't try to bait Pharaoh. They didn't try to trick him. You guys go to that wall, uh, that exit from Egypt. We're going to leave that side. They're not going to know. We're going to trick them. We're going to run. No, 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 no. All we did was have a closeness with God. God says, I got you covered. I'll take care of everything for you. Not only that, the Egyptians opened the gates for them and said, please, just go, just go. We didn't do anything for it except build our relationship with Hashem. The Jewish people didn't need to do almost anything. Just stand there and see the Savior of Hashem. See the redemption from Hashem. Just stand there and see how Hashem works the miracles for you. Yeah, but but I want to do something for it. I want to make it happen. I want to close that deal. I'm going to make the phone calls. Just sit there and watch how Hashem makes the miracles happen. However, that was just the beginning. We have to recognize the oneness of Hashem, the and to instill and to deeply root that emuna within ourselves. And after that, so what happened after that? Then the Jewish people sprung into action. When they had the opportunity to receive the Torah, what did they say? We're in. We got this. We're in. Why? Hashem proved everything that needed to be proved. We saw it. We were so infatuated and in love with the relationship with God that whatever it was, God, we're in. We're all in. And the Jewish people took from these amazing miracles, from this clarity that we had from Egypt, they took that relationship to a whole new level. That now what happened? They became the representatives of God in the world. That's our job. To be the representatives of God in this world when someone looks at us, they say, The name of Hashem is calling on you. I see it. You're representing the Almighty. By the way you walk, by the way you talk, by the way you act, by the way you're honest, by the way you're fear, by the way you're kind. That's what we need to be, an example to the nation, exa- nations of the world, an example to the entire planet where everybody's looking at the Jewish people. So I was in New York, and guess what? I hear the local news 1010 Winds news. I mean, the regular regular traffic and weather together and you know you hear the whole thing in New York City there's, you know, and then they talk, on the hour they're giving all the breaking news. Breaking news. Israel is in an uproar with <laughs> with uh, demonstrations. Can I ask you a question? New York City has 15 million people. Who cares about what's going on? In this little country, 7,000 miles away, that's the size of smaller than New Jersey. There's no news about New Jersey, by the way. There's no news about Texas, which you can fit about 90 Israels in Texas. But there is news about Israel. What's going on, 7,000 miles. You know what? Think about this. India. India has 2 billion people there. When was the last time you listened to the news and you heard something about India? Never, never did you ever hear a story about India in the news. How about uh, Argentina or let's take even, even England, you'll hardly hear a story unless it's like the queen died and the king is getting coronated. When do we hear stories? Israel is always in the news. You know why? Is it a, is it a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. That's our job. The nations of the world are always looking at us. Our job is to remember that we're representatives of the Almighty. That's a constant reminder wherever you are, people are looking at you. You need to be an example. How do we be that example if we don't have a Muna? How do we be that example if we don't know what we're here to represent? Pesach is that. Pesach is about bringing God into our lives. That we know what we represent now. We know what we're here for. We're here on a mission. We're here on a job. Connect creation with creator. That's our job. Is wherever we are with every struggle, where any situation you're in, never take Hashem out of that picture. Bekahu haseder This is the order of every year. Shabbat, beLeila seder, Hashem At the Pesach seder, Hashem showers us with the light of Emuna, with the clarity. We don't lock our doors seder night. Why? Because we our clarity of our Emuna is so solid. That even if the nations of the world know that we're not locking our doors, they are not going to break in. It's a guarantee. That's how clear our Amunah is. No questions. Put away the guns and put away the alarm system and put away everything. Hashem is the protector. He's the one who's going to watch over our homes. sin hakora amuko yoser And we have a greater clarity of Hashem's oneness at the Pesach Seder. And a higher level, a higher stage of our Muna than we have ever experienced. That's what the Seder is. And then comes the step-by-step process of our growth from that clarity of the Seder Emuna, 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 Emuna. And now we can work our way up the 48 steps that take us all the way up to Shavuot. Shehi Avodas Hanivra Upulosav. That's our job. That's what we need to do to bring that clarity in our service of Hashem. Liknos esa azos to acquire that truth, to instill this emuna within ourselves and to make it deeply rooted into our essence, the and to serve Hashem and to operate our lives according to it. This is the essence of Pesach. There's so much in Pesach that we can take ourselves and elevate ourselves and make ourselves so close to the Almighty that there's no more challenges. There's no more worries. You know why? Because Pesach gave us the opportunity to feel that closeness to God. And we're able to have that connection, not tonight on a Tuesday night, the 28th of March, the seventh day of Nisan. No, no, no. It's in a week from now when we sit by our Pesach Seders each respectively having the privilege and the opportunity to open up that emuna in ourselves, that closeness with God, and put it deep into our neshama, put it deep into our consciousness, and it lasts us an entire year. It's not about, yeah, there's a lot of ceremony, it's a lot of storytelling, it's very important, and that's a mitzvah. But that's not the objective. The objective is through the telling of the story to instill the emunah. To instill the knowledge that Hashem is the one who orchestrates everything. Put that into your children's mind. When they're very young, they need to know that. Because we're living in a world where it's the fashionable thing to say, oh, I'm an atheist. (laughs) Oh, he must have worked it through. And the opposite is true. It's the lazy people who are the atheists. Is the people who don't want to put in that effort to connect with the Almighty and elevate themselves to a higher level. I just want to live. Leave me alone. I want to do my thing. That's what we're trying to avoid, not to become that arrogance, not to become that person who's distant from God, but rather the person who's connected person who's confident because he knows exactly his limitations. Because we know that everything is from Hashem. My dear friends, this Pesach should be a Pesach like none other. We still have time to be serving our offerings in the temple in Jerusalem. With God willing, with Mashiach coming today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever day he decides to come, we hope he comes today. But if he doesn't, Our own Pesach Seders can be that offering where we bring that clarity that it becomes real to us, to our families, to our friends, to those around us, to those assembled at our Pesach Seder, that we're able to embody that closeness with God without any barriers. Hashem should bless us that each cup of wine and each bite of matzah should be with absolute, total joy because we know that we're instilling within ourselves the love, the friendship, the kindness, the compassion from the Almighty. Hashem should bless us to have the most uplifting, the most beautiful Pesach. Chag Kasher V'samech. Have a beautiful and kosher Pesach, everyone.